Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another episode here on GEMS Podcast. I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Ryan Cote. And here's a bit about Ryan. He is the founder of Morning Upgrade, a business dedicated to raising the awareness of morning routines and personal development. He is also the co-owner of Valentine, his family's marketing agency and roofing company, and a real, real estate investor. Ryan lives in New Jersey with his wife and three daughters, and today we're going to unpack personal development, morning routines, as well as entrepreneurship, and how Ryan got to where he is now, and we're going to pack it all up in a nice, pretty gift and put a bow on the top so we can help you jumpstart your entrepreneurship journey or maybe a family business that you're thinking about doing, but you've heard people say, oh, you really shouldn't do business with family and etc. So without further ado, please welcome Ryan Cote to GEMS Podcast. Hey, Genesis. Happy to be here. Excited to talk to you. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, so Ryan, let's start with your journey. So what led you to really go into, well, no, I want to back up first. So we're going to talk about um, morning upgrades. Since you're the founder of that, and what led you to starting your own business? So take us all, take us home with that, and then I will ask the next question. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, so morning upgrade. I started that in April of 2020, actually, right when uh, COVID was starting to hit lockdown, and just had more time to think. And um, you know, my, my mind got a chance to wander. And I was always writing about. I've always been into personal development, personal growth. It's just been a real interest of mine. I tend to just to gravitate towards the books and all that. Um, and I was writing articles on, you know, cold showers and whatnot, morning routines, but I was putting it on LinkedIn. And then I had the thought, like, why don't I try to create a brand out of this and help even more people like turn it into a business. And, you know, at the time I didn't think I would have like a morning routine product and write a book and all that. It, for me, the, the seed was planted that I would just start a blog. And then a couple months later, or three months later, I added the podcast because I felt like I had had to. I had to learn all that, how it works, and how to publish it and record it and all of that. Um, and then, you know, as I just started looking at the business, like what else can I do to raise the awareness of morning routines and personal development? That's where the the morning routine cards came in and the book. And if I had to guess, in a couple of years maybe or maybe less, I'll probably start a mastermind because I'm really into masterminds. I belong to three myself, so it feels like the a natural extension of. The brand and who know who else who knows where else I'll take it but I'm having a lot of fun with it it's a passion project it is a business but it's a passion project and I'm having a lot of fun with it so why the name morning upgrade well because like my pillar habit is morning routines that's like my pillar habit I I very rarely miss I mean I, I can only think of maybe two or three times in the last six months that I missed my morning routine and one of those weeks I was in Disney world with my family. So I think one day I missed there, but, um, so yeah, my morning routine is my pillar habit. And so it just, I felt, I like the name, like upgrading your morning, upgrade your life. And you know, the, the, the business, the blog, the podcast, it's much more than just about morning routines. It's really about personal growth overall, 
But since morning routines is like my pillar habit and something I really believe in, I felt like morning upgrade uh, made sense and it was available as a domain name. I like the way it sounds. It's easy to spell, easy to say, kind of checked off all the boxes for me. Nice. And then you mentioned that going into this, you started off um, thinking that you were going to do the blogs and just posting stuff on LinkedIn. And that's when you noticed um, you were getting a lot of traction and people were gravitating to you. So when, and you also mentioned that it's a passion project. And a lot of people, if they start with doing something that they're passionate about, it doesn't feel like work because you're having fun doing it and you actually enjoy the space that you're in. So what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who's interested in starting a business, but they're looking at it with the monetary goals in mind versus going in it heart-centric? Yeah, I mean, so this is a side business for me. Um, it is cash flow positive, but it is a side business. And I, I always, and I've had other side ventures in the past. I have other, you know, side ventures that I don't talk a lot about, but, um, and I have since I was like right out of college. Um, and so for me, the formula that's always worked, it's worked for me. I'll just share it if it's helpful, but it's always just starting small. I mean, you have to, I, I agree, you have to have a passion for it um, because it's work. Like I think about like writing the blogs every week, the podcasts every week. And just the general promotion going on podcasts, it's a lot of time and effort. And so if you really don't love what you do, I know that's like common advice you hear all the time, but like I'm in the thick of it. And so I could say that it is true. Like if you don't love what you do, it will feel like work. And then what feels like work, that friction will eventually eat away at you um, in most cases. And so um, I would say, yeah, like I'm, I'm a big fan of journaling. So like, you know, when I had this idea of morning upgrade or before we even had a name, I would just pen to paper, journal my ideas, like what could I do? What would it, what would the name be called? And I had a whole bunch of names. I can't remember what they were, but I had a whole bunch of names. And like, what would I talk about? What could be the channels of monetization? How would I grow it? What would I, what would my, what would my, my marketing channels be? And so I just, you know, pen to paper, started fleshing out all the ideas and just let my mind wander and, and, you know, no bad idea, just let the pen flow. And so um, definitely recommend that and then start small. And like, for me, you know, like I said, it started off as the blog. I've done it in steps. I believe in like slow and steady. That just works for me and my personality, but slow and steady, like started with the blog. And honestly, like the site you see now, it didn't look like that when I launched it. I had like a free theme up, um, just kind of threw it up because I believe in just, you know, imperfect is better than no action at all. And so I launched the blog, knew I would eventually change it. And then after a few months when I felt like I was in the groove, I had the podcast. And then after I think maybe six months, I did the morning routine card and the blog, the book was like nine months after that. So you can see it's, it's like kind of like stacking the, the blocks and just going at a pace that I was comfortable with. I think that helps a lot. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm a component of journaling myself because I'm also an author. I have two books on the market and three book collaborations and a fourth one about to drop. And I truly believe um, as you take time to journal, it also gives you a time some time to reflect on your journey so far, why you wrote what you wrote, where you came from, and then you kind of see your own um, personal development through your writings and etc. And then one thing that I want to want you to dive into are the cards that you talked about. The what um, what prom promoted and prompted you to writing those morning cards, and did you take any of the things that you wrote in the cards to fill them into the book? Yeah, good question. So, uh, good questions. So, I I knew I wanted to have a product, a 
physical product for the business. And I felt like it had to be tied to morning routines because that's like my pillar habit. It's what I believe in the most. And I've had many different morning routines over the years from like the miracle morning hour and an hour and a half program to like then 45 minutes. It always felt like too much for me. Like with three little kids, I felt like I was trying to like force it into the day. So I was like, I should try to create a routine that takes like literally 20 minutes and something that checks off a lot of boxes and something I feel like will advance me, my personal growth. And so I started mapping out what that would look like. And then once I had a clear picture of that, then I had the idea, well, I should create like a journal product out of this. And I use the cards, like, where are they? That's right in front of me. Like, you know, this is my, from my, this morning, you know, it's like what I wrote down. So it's like front and back. It asks questions like, what's your number one priority for today? What are you grateful for, et cetera. So every morning is like an experience for me, pen to paper. I answer the questions. Um, there's like a cipher journaling and all that. So, um, you know, my goal with morning upgrade is to raise the awareness of morning routines. And so I want to get these cards in as many hands as possible because Hey, it's, you know, it's the business obviously, but it's a product I believe in a product I know will help. And so I kind of just, those are, those are my thought processes. Um, I mean, I can walk you through the morning routine if that's helpful to your audience. Yeah. I was just about to ask, what does your morning routine look like? Because you are a business owner of your own business and you're also co-owner of Valentine. Plus you're a dad juggling three girls on top of being a spouse. So you wear different hats and sometimes people who wear different hats, you can get busy, but then you have to ask yourself, am I busy just staying busy or am I busy being and being intentional? I think intentional is a perfect word, Genesis, because I think we all have the same 24 hours in the day. And it's all about what are your priorities? Like, what are you spending your time on? Like what you're spending on, what you're spending your time on, that's, those are your priorities, whether you, whether they're good things or not. And so, um, you know, for my morning routine, I knew I had to get it to like 20 to 30 minutes. Cause I, then I have no excuses. Like I, you know, I can wake up 30 minutes before my, my girls get up. There's, there's no reason why I can't. So now I, now that I have no excuses, you know, I am the person that does morning routines. That's like my identity now. And so, that's why it's a non-negotiable unless like I absolutely can't for some crazy reason, like I'm catching a, a flight super early, but even then I could still do it, you know? Um, so my morning routine, I, you know, I, I answer these questions like, what's your number one priority for the day? What are you grateful for? Okay. Uh, what is your biggest win from yesterday? Or what is my biggest win from yesterday? Cause I'm thinking I'm doing this in the morning. So I'm thinking about yesterday. What, what was my biggest win? And these can be personal or professional. It just depends on what's going on in my world at the, at the day, at the time. And then who will I reach out to today? So relationships are really important. So I put a question on here. So, you know, that I, you know, uh, it could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be a business contact. Like this morning, I'll tell you who I wrote down. I wrote down this woman, Brie, because I'm going, uh, I'm doing an interview with her in a couple of weeks and I want to catch up with her just to get on her radar and, you know, loose, uh, tie up loose ends. Um, and then I've got a small spot for journaling. Okay. Very small spot, like literally two or three minutes of journaling. And then I've got prompts for meditating for five minutes, five or six minutes, and then a prompt for exercising for five or six minutes, you know, burpees or some continuous movement. Um, and then I read for, I read a few pages in a book. Right now I'm reading the uh, Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma. It's fantastic. I recommend it 100%. So that's my morning routine every day, about third, you know, 25 or so minutes. And to be intentional when you're doing your morning routine, Ryan, do you time yourself for each segment? Because you said two to three minutes for journaling, five minutes of meditation, then reading the book and et cetera, just to make sure that you're holding yourself accountable with that 25 minutes. Um, I don't. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll layer in something else. I'm going to sound like a crazy person here, but um, I've got this happy light. It's a, 
um, well, it's on right now, so I won't it'll blind you if I showed it to you, but uh, it's called a happy light. It's like UV, UV, UV light therapy. And so I have that shining in my face in the morning as I do my cards and there's a timer for 15 minutes. So after 15 minutes, the light goes off. And right when I'm done answering the questions and reading for a few, reading a few pages, it's always around 15 minutes and that light goes off. And then I do the exercise and the meditation, which is another 10 minutes. So that usually brings me out around 25 minutes. You know, sometimes I'm quicker, sometimes I'm slower, but I, I don't, I don't um, time myself though. The, the happy light technically is a 15 minute timer. That's so cool. Where'd you get your happy light at? at? Um, it's uh, Amazon. And honestly, I got that recommendation from a, a guest on my podcast. So I, you know, I learned from my own, uh, my own guest and he was talking about the happy light. I never even, never knew that was a thing. And I looked up on Amazon, it was only $40. And I was like, oh, that would, that would fold in nicely to my morning routine. Cause I'm at my desk writing in my cards as it is. So now I have this light shining in my face. You know, my daughter's like, what are you doing in there? You know, it's so bright, but I think they know. I think they know what I do now, like who I am, you know. Super cool. So for anyone listening, Genesis doesn't have a happy light. Feel free to send me a happy light and I'll give you a shout out. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> so now I want to drive over into the family business aspect, Valentine. So what did that dynamic look like whenever you were going into business with your family? And has it always been easy? Because I also want to debunk some of the myths that we've heard not to do business with family or don't mix business and pleasure. So what has your personal um, journey been? It's been a long journey. I've been, I've been with the company for uh, 20 years now, I think it is. And it's my role has changed. Like, so I didn't, I didn't go into the family business right out of college. I had two jobs right after college, both in marketing, uh, like, you know, the marketing world, but, um, I did not have any intention of going into the business. At least I can remember. Then when my middle brother went into the business, I think that's when I started to think about it. Cause I thought it'd be neat to work with him and my, my father, and my uncle. So once the plant, the seeds were planted, then I was thinking about it more and more. I approached my father and uncle and they said, well, I think it would work because we don't have anyone doing marketing for the company. We never have. And that's your degree. So why don't we create, why don't you be the director of marketing? You know, I was directing myself. There was no one to direct, to direct but um, I was the marketing director. And I did that for I'm at, uh, 12 years, 13 years. And then we had the idea that it was just direct mail. And then we just had the idea to create a digital marketing division. And so that's what I spearheaded starting off, actually going back to what I said before, slow and steady, started off with SEO and then added pay-per-click. And then when my youngest brother came on board, added more services. And then we, we got our first big client that enabled us to hire our first team member. And now we're, we're still a small business. I think we have, there's 18 team members, um, including us. And so that was the journey. Uh, my father's retired now. So now it's me, my two brothers, my uncle, my cousin, and then other, you know, non-family members. And, um, I'll pause there. You asked about what's, what it's like working with family, but I want to make sure you don't have any questions on that. Yeah. So that's cool that you share the dynamics on how at first you didn't go into the family business, but then they said with your background, with marketing, you would be an asset to the business. So then you get to work with your brothers who, and I'm sure that helps you build a relationship with them and learn more about them, not just from a personal side, but also a business side, because we see um, different angles whenever we change our hats. And then one thing that I do want to ask is, as you guys began to scale up the business, what were some of the struggle and pain points there? And did it bring y'all closer as a family? Yeah, so 
Um, the struggles, it's really, um, it's hard to know when to, so like we're selling basically expertise in hours. And so like, you know, the, tr- the struggle is as you get new clients, how do you know when the team's at full capacity? And maybe we just don't have a buttoned up process there. Like I'm sure there's, there's come agencies that have like real detailed notes on this many hours equals this many team members, but we kind of just go based on like what the team team is telling us and all that. And we have some hours, a spreadsheet of hours, but it's, it's not like a science, not a, not a science. And so the struggle is, you know, is the team at full capacity? Do we need to hire more people? Cause we get new clients, but if clients leave, it's like a, it's trying to figure that out is, is, is difficult. Um, setting expectations with clients in the, in the marketing world. That's a big thing that I've had to learn. Like, you know, set expectations that it's going to take this long to see results. And here's what we're working with. Here's what we think you need. Like setting those expectations has been, uh, has definitely been a learning process. And speaking of the word process, just the whole process of how we onboard clients, how we do the work, because there's a lot of moving parts in the marketing world, especially if we have a client that we're doing you know, SEO and paid search and social media, there's like dozens of variables and factors going on every month. And so the process of how we bring on a client, how we, um, how we manage the workflow, how we keep the team members happy, that's been a learning process for sure, because and a struggle because, you know, for most of my career, it was just me in the marketing department. We didn't have, well, we had clients, but not in terms of me, I was just marketing for the company. So it's been a lot of learnings, you know, some high points, some low points, um, I think that's why I got so big into morning routines at one point, because I had some low points where I felt like we were just really just, we were just mediocre, you know? And so uh, that was, you know, a struggle that we got through. And thanks for sharing that because some people fail to really highlight those struggles and look at the lessons that came out of those struggles and how it has made them better business-wise as well as personally. And then I know with the roofing company, is that under the same umbrella or is it different, Ryan? It's, uh, well, it's, it's under, Bal- it's, it's, a, it's a different uh, corporation, but it's under the Ballantine name. So uh, that's a new business. You know, my one brother was like, I want to try something different. He's still involved in like the main marketing business, but he's like, I want to try something different. And we've been, and actually it's funny because we have a lot of contractor clients on the digital side. So we were saying like, hey, we, we should start our own contracting business and do marketing for ourselves. That would be really neat. And how can we do it better and all that? And so um, he really was like, I need, to, I really want to do this. And we, we identified roofing as a, a business model that we think we can really excel in. There's various reasons for that. But, um, and so we became officially licensed and insured. Um, what was it? December of 2021. It's funny. Cause I, I do networking for the, I don't know if you can see my shirt, but it's Valentine home improvement, Probably can't see it. But so this morning I was the roofer of the networking group. And now I'm, you know, and today I'll be the digital marketer. So we're just kind of wearing multiple hats, but that, that that's a new business. Nothing really, um, you know, no learnings there yet. Cause it's like a brand new business, but we're excited about it. Super cool. Just make sure you have your SOP. So standard operating procedures, uh, make sure you have type policies um, and understand the regulations, as well as whenever you're going into business, if you're doing any partnerships, it's so vital to have that NDA, that non-disclosure agreement, especially when you are starting off or if you're seasoned, um, I guess a little sidebar, I kind of fell into looking at policies and procedures in my last role doing trade regulations and compliance for a Fortune 500 company. I'm like, 
wait, hold up. This is not my forte. I'm a supply chain and logistics gal. And they're like, no, you're going to do trade regulations and compliance for polyethylene. I said, come again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of cool how you get to learn different stuff. And I want you to give the listeners as well as the viewers, Ryan, some tips for entrepreneur, entrepreneurship. What are some things that they could be mindful of whenever they're stepping into that role? And then how can they establish marketing? Because Whenever you go into entrepreneurship, it is you by yourself in the beginning until you're able to scale up. You're the, mar you're the marketing person, so you're your PR person, you're your accounting, you have to make sure you don't overspend, you have to have those checks and balances. You're also, you know, the one that is going out and doing everything up until it makes sense for you to really outsource some of the things that you're not a genius on and really focus on your zone of genius. But I always tell people, don't climb, don't climb too high before you find your grounding, if you know what I mean. Yeah, uh, good point, Genesis. So I, to answer your question, um, you know, it's been, you know, getting clear on who you serve best. So like on the digital marketing side, that was one of the learnings that we, that we had to work through when we were having some struggles is who do we serve best? And for us, that's, you know, manufacturing, industrial companies, contractors, um, on the, even on the roofing side, you know, we, we've identified small to mid-sized homes that have asphalt shingles, not these big monsters with like tin roofs and whatever the, whatever the material is, um, not yet at least. So we're clear, you know, being clear on who you serve, because I think the natural pitfall is to think that you can serve everyone, but in reality you, you can't. Um, and so being crystal clear on who you serve, because I'll give you an example, like on the digital side for industrial manufacturers, we have a lot of those types of clients now. And so what happens is it's like a snowball effect. When we have to give a presentation, there's so many case studies we can give and so many logos that we can show, and it automatically just builds that instant credibility. And so the sales process gets a little bit easier over time as you get more clients. So really niching down um, uh, is, we've seen it to be very, very important, being crystal clear on who you're focusing on. Um, I mean, I'm going to say personal development, like focusing on yourself as the leader, investing in yourself is the best investment you can make. So make sure as you're building your business that you're carving out time to invest in yourself. That can be just a morning routine, but make sure the, what you're putting in your, in your, in your earbuds is, is like good content, whether it's podcasts like this or books on audible, you know, don't, don't watch the news. I know it's hard right now, but uh, don't watch the news. And, um, what else can I say? Like, um, yeah, so two more thoughts came to my head when you're asking that question. Differentiators. So with like the roofing business, um, we were like, okay, we're the new guys in the block. Uh, what can we do that's different? Okay, well, same day quotes. We're going to show up super, super professional with, with nice gear, nice attire, whatever you want to call it. Um, fancy proposals on an iPad. Just really try to take it a step up. Not that not there's other roofers doing that. Of course there are, but that's going to be our differentiator. Uh, lean on the family business, even though it's not at all related to roofing, but there's still a Ballantine legacy. Um, and the last thing I would say is really get your skills sharp with sales and marketing. Uh, those are very, very crucial skills. Obviously, leadership is too, but uh, sales and marketing is uh, you can never learn too much about those two, two, uh, two channels or what have you, skill sets. And so, um, you know, there's books you can read. For sales, you know, courses you can take, obviously experience that goes a long way. And then marketing, you know, I can talk on that too, but that's, that could be a whole other interview process, a whole other interview. 
Those are really great tips, Ryan, and thank you so much for sharing that. So find your clarity and focus and know who your ideal avatar is. What differentiates you in light of your competitors? How are you showing up? Because first impressions are always lasting impressions. And then just make sure you really focus on sales and marketing. And some people forget sales and marketing or bigger corporations. That team is always the first team to get on get on the chopping block because they feel like, mm-hmm. oh, we could take this in, in-house. But then sales and marketing, they actually help you, you know, build up your revenue because they know how to t- target your ideal avatar. Just for example, Lululemon. Lululemon started out catering to women 25 25 years old and up, um, those mothers, those fit thing. Now they have, you know, men, men clothing in there. And then they also have shoes that are about to drop. So they knew who their ideal avatar was. But then once they saw that there was a need, they built up. So definitely keep that in mind. And Ryan, what's your call to action? If they don't remember anything else that we talked about, whether it's family business, um, entrepreneurship or personal development, what would you like the viewers and listeners to hold on to to help them jumpstart their journey? I mean, I, I want to give something specific here, man. I, I always like to say invest in yourself. I already said that. I, I think it's a mindset shift. If, if they're listening to your podcast, they probably already are thinking along those lines of investing in themselves. But I would say to get more specific, um, Look for opportunities to push yourself out of your comfort zone. I know it's not comfortable. That's the whole point is like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone because that's where the growth happens. And like, I know like, and that can take, that could take the form of um, like me, I'm like slightly introverted. And so like, what I'll do is I'll look for opportunities to strike up a conversation with a a stranger, like not in a weird way, but just like casual conversation at at like a food store or something like that. Um, Like cold showers, um, you know, just looking for ways to just make myself uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's really where the growth, I know that's where the growth occurs. And so I would say, keep your radar open for when you feel like that, when you feel yourself pulling back because you don't want to do something, that's usually when you should lean forward and lean into it. Beautiful. And how can the listeners and viewers connect with you? What's your business website and where do you hang out on social media? So I'm mostly on um, LinkedIn, Ryan Cote, and then uh, you've got morningupgrade.com and then valentine.com. Uh, those are the two sites. And, and I guess valentinehomeimprovement.com if you want to look at the roofing business. We're only licensed in New Jersey, though, but you can take a look at it. <laughs> oh, no, just Jersey. you got to come down right. to Texas. <laughs> well, that, that's, that, those, that's the growth plan. We're starting small. So eventually, maybe we'll be in all, all the states. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and you just heard Ryan Cote. We talked about entrepreneurship, personal development, as well as tapping into family businesses. So I hope this segment has been very insightful for you. Remember, don't tell me that the sky's the limit when there are footprints on the moon, said by Paul Brandt. And remember, you are an, an asset not a liability. Make sure you follow your dreams so you could turn those dreams into realities. And on the other side of fear is courage because you allowed yourself to take a leap of faith to now secure yourself a better future. And remember, you can't reap if you never sow. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It can be found on 40 different platforms. 
and our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp, for all things video content. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.